Colorado has been must-see TV ever since Coach Prime took the job. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Bus. I'm your host, Kevin Borba, and joining me today is John Garcia, Jr., my recruiting insider, my just my guy for everything, all buffs, everything in between. John, how you doing? I'm doing well, KB. It's, it's Friday. Tournament's rolling on. Uh, a lot of Coach Prime content to dig into, so let's do it. We got a ton of Coach Prime content to dig into. Like you said, it's primetime in Boulder. We'll get to that in a little bit. Colorado has a chance to ruin someone's season and play spoiler next year. And then Shadur Sanders talks a little bit about playing for Sean Lewis, a new offensive coordinator who is one of the fastest offense, who has one of the fastest offenses in college football. Um, but before we get to that, this episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Okay, we know it's primetime in Boulder. Older, but what does that mean exactly? Well, we'll tell you right now. Um, ESPN's Adam Rittenberger wrote an article about uh, ever since Deion Sanders took over, Coach Prime took over as the head coach at Colorado, how things have changed. Um, there's been a new change of fandom. There's a new change of players going there. There's all of this hype. Um, but I think he really put into perspective what the Coach Prime effect, because we hear that so much. I think that was the first article I wrote at Athlon was the Coach Prime effect. But he really puts it into perspective. We get tangible numbers. Um, the spring game's so selling out. Um, 50,000 people are expected to be there. 97% uh, of people have re-upped on their season tickets. F uh, Colorado is the number two merchandise. Um, they're ranked number two in merchandise sales on an outlet that sells college football clothing. Um and even notable alum, their quarterback from their national championship team in 1999, couldn't get some some season tickets or tickets to a certain event. John, what does this tell you about the Coach Prime effect and Colorado in general and where they're headed? You know, we knew everything would uptick to a certain degree, but to see all those numbers and those percentages in particular, it, it just tells you tangibly now that the money has moved in Boulder. It's not just... Look, the social media stuff is great, right? It's it's up 700,000 more uh, impressions and followers and all that. That's great. But the other side of it, everything else, I think, tells you just how tangibly different this is right now in Boulder. And, and really, it's about prime. This is about prime time, right? This is exactly why the buzz has been so strong. And I think it kind of validates a lot of the the fatigue that that is starting to come out against Colorado, right? There's this, well, why are we all hyping them up? They, they won one game last year and are going to rely on the portal for, for this coming season. Well, th this excitement is not just optical. It's tangible at this point. You know, we've, we've talked about that in recruiting. We've certainly talked about that in, in culture and implementation there as, as spring ball is now in full swing. But, but this tells a different layer of the story. It's different if there's no investment from the community, if there is no support from the community, then it becomes its own battle, right? Like we see at private schools across the country. No, this is the total opposite. There's total buy-in here, despite the oversaturation, despite prime being so present and available, um, opinionated. We've seen some polarization here coming out of some of these interviews, certainly with the stereotypical thing and all that. Despite all of that, 
there is community backing and serious money behind this to the point that not only are the season tickets all but done, all the suites, all the high-level air-conditioned seats, uh, suites, I should say, are all booked. Jeremy Bloom couldn't even grab one. And for, for those younger Colorado fans, this was probably one of the more famous Colorado athletes ever who also happened to be an Olympic skier in addition to being a, a pretty quick uh, and electric slot receiver. So he, he was kind of the, the Wes Welker type before that became popular uh, in the sport. So he can't even grab a suite. And, and that guy's, you know, been in the Olympics. I mean, it's really amazing that an Olympian and a national champion can't grab a, a spot to, to park their butt to, to watch the buffs. I mean, it's really incredible. And those are some of the better tangible examples of, validating all the buzz that that has come with uh the last couple months yeah and i think there was one quote in particular in the article that stood out and obviously all the numbers are cool all the people buying tickets the seven hundred thousand person follower increase across social media all that's great all the stats um but this one was the quote that stood out to me um it's from darian hagan the quarterback from colorado's national championship team in 1990 he said all you see is him in colorado colorado on tv colorado on social media all eyes on Colorado. And obviously he's referencing coach prime. Um, he continued saying, that's what I remember this place being under the microscope, top of the mountain. Everybody's wanting to knock us off in the last 10 years. It's been easy to knock us off. We've been bad. And so I think even like the alum, the older alum, the people that were part of the program's most success, I think they sense that there's a different kind of buzz. Um, it kind of reminds me, and I've said this before, it reminds me of USC when they had Reggie Bush, um, Matt Leiner, Carson Palmer, and all those guys. And like Will Farrell was consistently on the sidelines. Snoop Dogg was practicing with them. Colorado's already had Lil Wayne endorse them. He was at the um, touring the, the campus and touring the facilities. They've had Adam Pacman Jones consistently hype them up. And so I think there's just a whole different buzz around Colorado. And it's great to see. And honestly, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Colorado's breaking record number of viewers watched for that first game against TCU. I think it's going to be college game day in Fort Worth. And I think there's going to be like a record number of viewers or something, something to that effect, John, you think so? That's my bold prediction that I just randomly threw. Yeah. All, all of the numbers push you to think something like that's going to happen. And again, let's, let's also not, um, not act like the media is a huge part of this. I mean, ESPN chose Colorado spring game to be the only one on ESPN, not the two time defending national champs, not the, the programs that are going to have, you know, 15 players drafted, in the next month and a half, no, Colorado coming off of a one-win season, and we all know why ESPN has made those decisions. So um, the good graces are all over Colorado, which will produce haters and produce contrarians uh, and the like. But, yeah, all of the viewership is up because even if you don't like it, you're still paying attention. You know, and I think that's that's really, you know, episode or, or 101 from business perspective. Like that is – the first step in, in marketing. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle you lie on as, as long as you're paying attention. And there's no doubt tangibly, uh, opinion-wise, any of it, all of the buzz is, is with CU at this point. Yeah, and I think, honestly, this is the most random quote, but it's from a professional bowler named Pete Bowler, or Pete uh, Weber, excuse me. And if you guys don't know him, he's the who, who do you think you are, I am guy. Um, oh, this, yeah. this quote reminds me of Coach Prime, though, in Colorado says, I appreciate all the fans I have who hate me or love me. You watch. That's all you could do. And I feel like that applies perfectly to Colorado in the coming years. Um, never thought I'd quote a bowler, but here we are. <laughs> but yeah, moving on. Uh, before we talk about whose season Colorado could play spoiler for, uh, the tournament is heating up and there's no other betting place to get into action. 
than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from money line to point spreads to which team to which team will cut down the net. All on app that's say all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Um, I already know. I, I got two two of my my deep sleepers, FAU. I had them. Um had them proud of them. Kansas State had them proud of them. Um, I want them to continue their success. Um, moving on though, we're talking college football. We're talking who Colorado's can who Colorado can ruin their season. Basically, um, a twenty four seven sports article named thirteen teams. I guess I got to do the one and the three um, that could ruin or alter college football. And Colorado was one of them. Not surprising. Um, and the team that they're basically ruining their hopes, their championship aspirations was USC, um, the program I just con- co- uh, compared Colorado to about minutes ago. Uh, USC, obviously, they have Heisman winner Caleb Williams. They have Lincoln Riley. They have all of they were like the OG transfer um, surge of like just re- revitalizing the roster with transfer portal guys. And Colorado has a chance to ruin their season. They meet in week five in Boulder. Um, I imagine this game. I don't know if it'll get. Uh, college game day because there's always week five is around the time of red river and stuff like that. But um, I think a lot of eyes will be on this game. John, what do you think are the chances that Colorado kind of derails USC season early because USC is working with limited room backs against the wall. They need the defense to be better. Um, It's the same old story with Lincoln Riley. Right. Right. And I think that's the key, right? Uh, There have been some susceptible moments in his coaching career, and I think when when he's rebuilt this USC roster, there's still so many question marks at the line of scrimmage. And I know we, we've said somewhat similar relative to Colorado, but if we're undervaluing what the Buffs can do up front and we are correctly valuing what we think USC will be up front, and this is offense and defense, this could absolutely line up to be an upset special, especially – Considering the road Colorado is going to have before this game, you mentioned the TCU game to open up potential college game day, big type atmosphere, all of that. And you got Nebraska and Oregon two of the next three weeks before USC comes to Boulder. So from a battle tested, we've taken our lump standpoint. In theory, Colorado would have already gone through a lot of it relative to USC when, when that matchup happens. And look, the the element of of overlooking uh, all of those things are, are very obvious w- when it comes to Colorado. I think every single opponent Colorado is going to have is going to have this combination of overlooking and maybe underestimating because the hype is, is going to be viewed. And, and in those locker rooms, it's going to be a, a media thing, right? They're going to blame us. They're going to blame us for, for, for all of it, basically. So I could see a lot of those elements uh, helping uh, Colorado standpoint. And, and it's always good to, to get uh, a conference power or a national power at home. I mean, I don't think we've talked about that enough. Um, the season tickets are sold out. We just talked about it in the first segment. Um, and for USC coming to town, the reigning Heisman winner, whatever available tickets are there, you know, closer to game day, those are going to get snatched up too. So now we're talking about an atmosphere at Colorado. So it's not just the players and, and prime and all this stuff. The atmosphere, the fans will have to factor into to some of this. And I think, say what you want about the Pac-12, that is one area where 
there isn't a consistent talking point relative to the SEC or the Big Ten, 100,000 people at some of these games. Atmosphere is not a big part of, of the, the perception of Pac-12 football. But if you're consistently sold out, I don't care how small the stadium is, that matters, especially when everybody's goal is to affect QB1 on the other side. That's especially where it could matter in, in the case of uh, against Caleb Williams. So I think all of those things uh, very much could could benefit Colorado leading up to that game. So this game makes a lot of sense for, from a spoilers standpoint. Colorado will be more tested uh, and still uh, having enough time five games in to, to have figured itself out just a little bit because you know some of those growing pains are unfortunately ahead for our audience. Yeah, and I think there's a few things I need to bring up in terms of what this matchup entails. Uh, one, although USC and Colorado are similar in terms of roster construction, USC is likely still, I, I think we'll kind of learn more this season, one of the biggest villains in college football. Um, thanks to Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams, kind of, they did the exact same that Coach Prime and Shadur did, but they went from, instead of going from Jackson State to Colorado, they went from Oklahoma, basically gutted the roster, went to USC, and so they kind of, took on that villain role. And I think they'll still have that next year, um, especially with Caleb Williams and the nails and the Heisman and all that stuff. I just think that USC is not a likable program in terms of like the, the national fan. I feel like people want to see them fail just because they feel like they, they think they're better than everybody, if you will. Um, other thing, Colorado is going to be battle tested by the time they get to this point. You said they have TCU, Nebraska, Oregon, Arizona States on there. Um, they have challenging games. Um, this, their schedule in general is challenging. They probably could ruin about six teams seasons. Uh, there's about six teams in the PAC 12 that have PAC 12 championship or maybe even playoff hopes and Colorado plays them all. Um, and so that's going to be tough. And the other thing too, is Colorado's going to be slightly battle tested. Whereas USC, their toughest game in their first four or five weeks. Um, I'm looking at maybe Arizona state the week before. Um, but they have San Jose state, Nevada, Stanford, who I cover and, I think we'll have a lot of work to do to rebuild the program, um, Arizona State, and then they head to Colorado. And so, like John said, this could be an overlooked matchup, or maybe this is for sometimes, and I don't want to say this is Colorado Super Bowl, but this could be like the game that Colorado gets up for. Um, I think everybody gets up to play a probably a national top 10 perennial power, and it wouldn't surprise me if Colorado has a little extra juice. There's a little extra juice in Boulder. Um, but I think this game has all the makings of an upset special. Like you said, I could see, I could already see the fans storming the field. Um, <laughs> I could already see the, the fine being announced after the fans storm the field, but yeah, I think Colorado has all the makings and all of the ingredients for upsets. Um, and eventually these upsets are just going to turn into expected wins. I think that's the, the takeaway from the coach prime era is that games like this will soon be games that the fans expect Colorado to win. Right. And I think there's really no way USC doesn't appear much better than Colorado when they match up. Right. You mentioned a, a, a smoother path to that mm -hmm. point. It'd be su surprising if USC wasn't undefeated, frankly, at that point. And you look at TCU, Nebraska, Oregon ahead of, of that USC game on the Colorado side of it, and it would be shocking, flooring if Colorado was undefeated at that point. So naturally, one, two, three L's headed into that game, it only increases the chances that teenagers and, and young men in their 20s are going to overlook their opponent, especially after a one-win season, even with a sold-out stadium and, and more hype than, uh, than any time in Colorado internet history.
Yeah, and I think uh, I'll close on this point too. We've seen Lincoln Riley led teams collapse. Um, their collapse was the major reason that they didn't make the playoff this past season. They lost to Utah twice after leading by double digits. They lost the Cotton Bowl to Tulane by le- when they were leading by double digits. So even if they get up early on Colorado, I don't think this a coach prime led team is going to give up or roll over. Um, so even if USC gets up early on Colorado, I think Colorado still has a chance to come back and kind of. They, they would play spoiler. Um, if USC loses week five, um, there's already a notion against the Pac-12 um, in terms of it's just not as good at football. Um, that's how the national media sees the Pac-12. I'm not saying that, but that's how the national media sees it. And they, it's evident in the rankings um, when they do the playoff rankings and all that stuff. But then USC would, if they lose to Colorado, they still have to play Notre Dame at Notre Dame. They still have to play Utah again. They still have to play Washington and Oregon and UCLA. And so if you're telling me that they're not going to drop at least one more of those games, I, I don't know if I'd buy it. And that means Colorado is potentially playing spoiler to Lincoln Riley's first playoff uh, appearance at USC and also Caleb Williams um, only playoff appearance with Lincoln Riley or in college in general. And so a lot's on the line for Colorado to ruin for the Trojans. And when you look at the buffs, I guess you could say they have nothing to lose, if you will. Like they're one of those nothing to lose teams. And that's a great position to be in because you have everything to gain, nothing to lose. Um, But before we move on, um, the built the built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff and now's your time to make it count. Go to built March Madness to vote. Doc, wow, geez. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. You'll know I'll be voting for the coconut bar or puff. That's my favorite. And if you want your favorite sports team to win in March Madness, you'll be voting for that too. Support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entering a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door you got to try built built is the best protein bar ever seriously they're so amazing you wouldn't even think they're good for you what makes built bars and puffs so good well for starters they're all high in protein low in sugar and covered in 100 real chocolate that's right real chocolate not that fake stuff run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there you could vote every day in march so hop in and support your pick march is almost over so make sure to vote um before we finish this episode we want to thank you guys for making Locked on Buffs your first listen every day. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate your comments and your feedback. Um, we finally got some feedback from Shadur Sanders about the new offensive coordinator, Sean Lewis. Um, Sean, actually, I did this on yesterday's episode, if you want to check that out. He was hyping up Tra- Shadur and Travis Hunter and their progress. Um, we finally got a little insight of Shadur and how he sees Sean Lewis. And I honestly, I think Colorado probably has three head coaches on the roster. Um, even though Coach Prime is the head coach, you got Sean Lewis, who was literally quite a head coach three months ago at Kent State, and you got Charles Kelly, who is probably has that head coaching mentality thanks to his time with Nick Saban. And so, the, my biggest takeaway was that he's constantly learning and constantly pushing Shadur to be better. What is your biggest takeaway? Because if you guys didn't see the video, he basically just said that he loves working with uh, Sean Lewis, loves how he pushes him to be better, and he thinks that big things are ha- coming. I remember when. Lewis took the gig, or even before that, when there were reports that there was a conversation, an interview, all that, I was a little surprised because, like you said, Lewis was already a head coach. He had been an OC at the Power 5 level before that point already. So on top of that, I'm like, hey, Dion, you know, Dion's persona was always known as a defensive guy, obviously the best cornerback in the history of coverage uh, to, to this point. But what maybe folks don't realize is that in his coaching realm, 
he's been an offensive guy. He, he was, he's been called a play caller. He's been the CEO of course, but he's really been attached to the hip of, of Shador in particular. So I thought it said a lot now looking back that Dion was from that point willing to relent a little bit and willing to give the, the true reins of an offense to Sean Lewis. And then I was like, okay, that makes sense in principle. Look, Dion's a great recruiter. You're recruiting coaches too. You want him there. You tell him that, but it's different when it's implemented. And I think that is where we, we get kind of confirmation. Uh, and then from Shador's side, I think it's great that he's bought into the Sean Lewis system and he's admitted even with his dad being an OC and, and an offensive guy as a coach, he's admitted that Sean Lewis is, is showing and teaching him things that he's never experienced. You know, I think it says a lot for, for him to come out and say that publicly. Uh, and I think it says a lot about, again, Dion's self-awareness and say, Hey, I've done it to this point and, and we've got you this far, but at some point I need to allow others to really, kind of get their hands on you. Uh, we, we talked about Tom Brady and, and Shador's relationship as well. I think it says a lot about Prime to not helicopter dad this thing and say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm still going to be working with the QBs every single day. So I, I think all of that is 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 probably ahead of schedule for Colorado. That's my biggest takeaway. This is all happening, at least as far as we can tell. It's all happening a little bit quicker than, than maybe we anticipated. Uh, doesn't mean the install is done. Doesn't mean everybody understands the verbiage and the checks and the speed and the tempo and all that. But at least personality-wise and kind of the hierarchy of QB, OC, head coach, and, and how that dynamic is going to play out, I think that pace is well ahead of what I expected You know, a week into spring football. And that's really great news for, for everything offense relative to Colorado because those two, obviously, Lewis and, and Sanders, Shador Sanders, they really have to be in sync, uh, basically, to give Colorado a fighting chance against this this rough schedule we just talked about. Yeah, and one thing about Sean Lewis's offense too, it's great when it works, but it's so fast that if your team's not on the same page and you're struggling, things could get ugly quick. And we don't want, obviously, we don't want to see that happen. But the sooner and more, I guess, sooner and more prepared Shador is with this offense and ready to man it and obviously be the point guard like John has said a few times um, in past episodes, um, the better that Colorado is going to do. And I think um, just Sean talking about Shadur this earlier in the week and saying how well he's learning and how quickly he's learning and then Shadur saying how much they like to work together. I think there's a real connection there. Um, obviously for Shadur, he's had three coordinators in three years during his college career. And that could be something that breaks people. I've compared the situation a lot to Josh Rosen. Um, Josh Rosen had a different coordinator each year he was in college and was never able to live up to the hype that we thought he was going to be coming out of St. John Bosco. Um, but Shadur has proven time and time and time again that he's ready for the moment. And he, regardless of who's calling the place, he'll be fine. Um, I will say, though, the awareness by Coach Prime to just be like, you know what? While I want to call the plays, and like like you said, he likes to be an offensive guy, I think he knows that there's a lot to be taught from Sean Lewis and Tom Brady. And so I feel like there's a major self-awareness there that, a lot of coaches don't want to relinquish. Um, I was especially at, as a dad, right? I mean, that's it's like a whole a whole different deal there. Amazing. Yeah, and I was I cover Stanford, like I said too, as as well as Colorado. And David Shaw, the biggest thing that hindered him at the end of his tenure was he never wanted to relinquish play calling. And so I think that's something that when you're an offensive mind to coach, it's not something you want to give up. And so for Coach Prime to not only give it up but accept that others can teach his son something too, I think that just shows that everybody is wanting to improve and everybody's wanting to just 
see this all the way through and kind of reach the the epitome of college football, which I think Colorado has probably a better chance now than they've obviously outside of the 1990 season where they actually won it. They probably have a better chance now than they've ever had. Yeah, and, and these things change in, in relatively short order, but before any of that happens, you, you've got to get on the same page, particularly offensively. Look, the defense is always a little bit more ahead. It's less mental capacity necessary to install uh, the defense. It's a lot of reactionary traits. Your, your best athletes are on that side of the ball anyway. So if the offense can show true maturation and progress in, in relatively short order, that's about as a good uh, an idea or narrative that you could pull from spring football at any school, much less one that is implementing all of this for the very first time, a couple months, you know, into everybody's job or arrival there in Boulder. That's, that's about as ideal as, as it can get, you know, right there along the lines of, of the buzz and, and the money and, and the energy that is, that is now surrounding this program. Yeah. Like you said, the, the buzz, the, all the energies on Colorado, um, they have a chance to play spoiler this next season. And obviously there's, there's a new connection in the making. Um, and we hear it all the time that a quarterback and coach connection could be the difference between a team succeeding and a team not succeeding. So the fact that they're on the same page week one of spring ball is a great sign for bus fans and for bus fans. I want to thank you guys for making locked on bus your first listen today for your second listen, check out our brand new podcast locked on college basketball experts, Isaac Shaw and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus here from big name experts, coaches and players throughout the basketball landscape locked on college basketball available on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts this is locked on buffs we are also available on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts we appreciate you guys for choosing to make us your your preferred buffs pod and we will see you guys on monday have a great weekend and john have a great day in florida will do boss thanks for having me